As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Welcome back to my podcast. Welcome to my podcast. Hi. Hi. Welcome to my podcast. Guys. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back to the Mike Oldroyd comedy podcast. Uh, good to be here, right? We're, we're in the thick of December now. We're on the countdown of 25 days to Christmas. We're in the midst of Hanukkah and... Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Thinking about maybe auditioning for a Broadway musical, huh? Hey, how about a little Broadway action? Eh? Eh, maybe a little off-Broadway action or something like that? I don't know. Nevertheless, uh, here we are, guys. Has anybody seen any of the movie recommendations I gave last week? I mean, look, if you didn't, what am I even doing this for? You know what I mean? Like, I give you guys these suggestions and you, and you don't follow my advice or thoughts. It's like, look, am I just talking to myself here? Because it feels a lot like I'm talking to myself. Whether or not you're going to the movies, it feels like I'm talking to myself because I am in a closet right now talking to myself into a, a microphone into the new microphone that I got on Black Friday. Did you guys get any cool things? Huh? Huh? Hey. Cyber Monday? Cool. So anyway, Creed 2 is one movie that I didn't talk about last time. I have not seen it, but I would like to see it. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm getting right into the, the worldly updates right now, right? Uh, Creed 2 starring Michael B. Jordan. You got to clarify with the B. Otherwise, people might get confused, you know? Wouldn't want to get confused with the greatest basketball player of all time. So anyway, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Rocky II, Creed II, I should say, Creed II, right? Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, I am interested. I am interested. Uh, I think he's uh, he's doing well. Sylvester Stallone, you know? Sylvester Stallone's the Filipino, or sorry, Sylvester Stallone is the Italian stallion. Michael Oldroyd is the Filipino Palomino. I feel like Rocky would be like, "Hey, that's that's a cool nickname, you know, like the Filipino Palomino. That's good." Uh, yeah. So, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, a couple things about him that I've seen come up in the news that I think are, are interesting enough to share. I saw an article, and I, I think it was Ellen that I saw him on, where Michael B. Jordan said he has used social media for hookups. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Everyone's in a frenzy. Hey guys, question, qu 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 question for you. Who the heaven hasn't? What's the big deal? You know what I mean? Not only have I used social media for hookups, but if Michael B. Jordan didn't use social media for hookups, I'd be like, dude, what's your deal, man? Like, <laughs> why are you throwing away such a great opportunity DMing fans? I'm sorry, but if I'm single, uh, when I get famous, I plan to DM fans. I DM, I've been DMing fans until I got into a relationship. I DM people that come to my shows. I DM chicks that be liking my shows, you know? Yeah, <laughs> what? Why? Why is everyone thinking that silly of him? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, what else? I saw another article about Michael B. Jordan saying that when he played the villain in the Black Panther, I don't know if you guys have seen the African American Panther. Great, great flick, by the way. Um, he said that it was tough on him. It was mentally tough. It was straining to play that, to get in character for a billion. Uh, I think I can relate to him because I remember when I made a sketch online called The Cocky CEO, I had to pretend, I had to pretend that I was very cocky and, and, and it really kind of messed with my mind and psyche, you know? It's, 
think when you get into care, some people out there are like, what in the heaven are you talking about? Like, go check out the cocky CEO, Michael Oldroyd on YouTube, right? I play this really cocky CEO, and uh, you got to embody the character that you're playing. Otherwise, you know, you're half acing it. And why would you want to half ace something? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, anybody who's played bad characters, I think, it has share that it's not easy. I remember, uh, you know, even in The Dark Knight, you know, obviously we know, sadly, God rest his soul, Heath Ledger, one of the greatest performances of all time when he played the Joker. Nick Nicholas, or Jack Nicholson, sorry. Uh, Saint Nicholas, no. Jack Nicholson warned Heath Ledger that playing that role takes a toll. I think it was, it was hard on Jack Nicholson, a.k.a. John Nicholson. Earth name because Jack is a nickname for John. Just in case you guys were were wondering, most oftentimes Jay is also a nickname for John. I think we covered this in podcast like two. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, there you have it. it. I think it shows the good in Michael B. Jordan. The fact that it was difficult for him to play that part shows that he's he's got a good heart. You know what I mean? Hey, 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 Michael B. Jordan, are you just trying to brag that you've got a good heart? I mean, what's your deal telling everybody that this was, like, mentally stranding on you, man? Whoa. <laughs> look, at, look at this guy over here trying to, trying to act like some kind of a hero or something, you know? Like, freaking, like he's, like, Creed two in real life or something. I don't know. I didn't even see the flick. I do want to see it, though. Anyway, that's enough about uh, Rocky. Hopefully Sylvester Stallone is staying strong, staying tough. Uh, I like him. Go Eagles. Go Philly. Go Jeremy Macklin, even though he's not part of the Eagles anymore, and I'm also not an Eagles fan, but I do like Philadelphia. My friend Jimmy, great guy. Um, Jimmy Bariolis, you guys know him. James William John Bariolis II. I'm sure he does not appreciate me sharing his entire name, but you know what? I love him. I love him. What can I say? Uh, what else is going on in the world? You know, we're doing our worldly updates here. As you can tell, stating the obvious, right? Does that give you a boner? Because it gives me one. All right, Trump and China, if I'm not mistaken. If I, if I was listening to the Alexa updates properly earlier, Trump and China are, are kind of having a little bit of a tiff right now. They're threatening, uh, trying to, you know, if they, if they can't come to some sort of an agreement, they're both threatening mutual tariffs on exports, guys. Ooh, so interesting. Actually, that is pretty interesting since everything's made in China. So if, if uh, Deng Xiaoping, or whatever his name is, sorry, that's not the right uh, person. Deng Xiaoping was like the, the leader of China back in like 97. I remember that was the last time I Googled that to see who was leading China. But what I will say is uh, everything's made in China, right? So if, if they're imposing tariffs, then the prices on those might not be as good. But then again, it might force us to, I think that might make Trump happy because it might force us to buy more things made in America, right? Make, make America great again. Speaking of America, another uh, blessing out to George Bush. Um, he passed away a few days ago and everybody is uh, honoring him. You got to appreciate, uh, you got to appreciate George Bush, you know? I listened to like uh, 45 minutes on my flash news briefing today. I think it was NPR that did like 45 minutes on the life of George Bush and his journey and how he uh, got to the point where, you know, running for president was, you know, a reality, kind of his journey and, and, and things. And uh, I mean, hey, if you don't have a soft spot for pretty much every president that, uh, you know, has served our country, it's, uh, and I just don't know what to tell you. I had a dream last night. I, this is such a weird thing. I don't know why I dreamed this, but I dreamed that, um, I was at some event and George Bush was speaking and later, later on, we were at George Bush's funeral and Bill Clinton was there. And for some reason, Bill Clinton was his son in my dream. And, you know, Bill Clinton was having a really hard time, and, and, and I, you know, I was, like, Bill Clinton was alone. Like, you know when you go to those weddings 
or funerals and, and people if they if they came to the wedding or the funeral by themselves then they like sit at a table just a random table it's kind of like the lunch table at school oh for some reason bill clinton was at george bush's funeral in my dream alone and he was crying and i felt like wow there's nobody here to like let him cry on his shoulder so i i I actually walked up to bill clinton and i patted him on his shoulder i said everything's gonna be okay and we became friends in my dream and we were kind of like walking around the funeral together and i felt like wow i'm bonding with bill clinton right now such a weird dream and not sure if that's sharing that is the best way to honor george bush it's not a diss in any way it's not putting him down but it is what happened last night in my world not that anyone cares but i did find it ironic that today when i was listening to the podcast after i had that dream they were talking about how you know bill when bill clinton ran against george bush they obviously were were competitors but later in life they became good friends and verbatim they said bill clinton became like a second son or or whatever not a second son but like another son to george bush and when i heard that immediately I was uh, aroused, not sexually, but I was aroused. I was aroused because I dreamed that Bill Clinton was his son. I mean, wow. It's like I'm one with the universe. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, God bless George Bush. Uh, that's, you know, uh, I don't have a ton to say about it other than uh, life, guys. You know, it keeps moving. And uh, remember that remember that you're mortal, right? That's what there was a guy. I, I've told you this before, but there was one person who his only job in the days of ancient Rome, when they had emperors, was to remind the emperor every once in a while to remember that they're mortal. We're mortal, and you know, president of the United States is the closest thing to you know emperors uh, from Rome, right? You know, Rome at one point was the most powerful empire in the world. And, you know, the United States is the most powerful empire currently, and the leader of the U.S. is the president. The leader of, the, of Rome was, was the emperor. I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot different. You know, our, our, our government is structured inherently different, but nevertheless, I guess the takeaway is remember that you're mortal no matter how much power you have. Uh, we're, all, we're all one, guys. You know, it's like the Lion King, right? The king, a good king needs to respect the entire animal kingdom because in a way he is part of the animal kingdom, right? When the, when the, when the king dies, he becomes part of the grass that the antelope eat. I remember learning about that from the Lion King. And I think that's intertwined to what we're talking about right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but they are making a new Lion King. That also arouses me. I showed my girlfriend the trailer last night. We were in a iTunes or Apple TV. I don't know if you guys have Apple TV. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, we were watching trailers, and I saw The Lion King, like real life filmed. You know, like real animals. Golly, you know, freaking dank is all I have to say. Speaking of the cycle of life, um, we lost another one. A few weeks back, I don't know if you guys know who Mitzi Shore is. Mitzi, uh, Polly Shore's mom, you know, uh, basically the, the staple of the comedy store in L.A. I think we've all heard of the comedy store. If you haven't, you've heard of it indirectly because every great comedian, um, you know, basically came through the comedy store. That was one of the one of the places they, they, you know, did comedy at one point in time, you know, when I was living in LA, I I used to, I was lucky enough to be able to do some shows at the comedy store. You know, everybody who's, who's really kind of made it there has their name written like in white, it looks like white chalk, right? It's paint. And, uh, when I went to visit LA, my name's not on the comedy store, uh, exterior. There's a certain process to get your name on there. Uh, but I figured, you know, I figured I'd bring my own chalk and just write my name up there, you know. Nevertheless, though, um, Polly Shore, one of my favorites, right? 
biodome back in the 90s Polly Shore was the freaking man you know uh I think it was Polly Shore got a, a lot of his opportunities probably through his mom right because his mom was um you know such a such an important part and such an integrated part of the comedy world guys like Richard Pryor I think the comedy store was pretty much his home at one point. You know, he'd do like six hours a night of comedy. He would just go up for six hours and people would watch him. They would write stuff and rewrite stuff, write down things that they thought were funny. Like, he got to the point where he was big enough to where he could just get on stage there. Kind of like when Dave Chappelle gets on at the comedy cellar in the middle of the night for six, seven hours and just talks, you know. And if you stumble upon some humor, you know, it, it, it alters the writing process. It, it, it that's one of the benefits of, of getting a bigger and bigger name is uh, you, you get to it. And success basically allows you, to, it makes it easier to have the opportunity to get better, right? So it feeds itself. Getting started is like a catch-22. You, know, you need stage time to get good, but nobody will give you stage time because what have you done to, to earn it, right? So once you get that momentum going like a snowman, right, then uh, things change, guys. Right. All I'm trying to do, I got a, I got a snowball that's rolling down the mountain right now. It's accumulating uh, snow, is what I can say. It is accumulating. All right. So, watch out for my snowball. Watch out for the for the 47 Netflix special snowballs coming out January 1st, guys. That's my next bullet point here. Is uh, Netflix is coming out with 47 new comedy specials that are being released on January 1st, 2019. I mean, what in the heaven? Hey guys, I got great news, all right? 47 specials being released on Netflix. Unfortunately, none of those are any of my comedy specials. So that's a little bit disappointing, right? Way to go, Netflix. Way to oversaturate the comedy market and not even include me. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. I appreciate it, Netflix. Oh, Comedy Central, you're doing the same thing. You're releasing a whole bunch of stuff in 2019. I oh, appreciate it. Appreciate that I'm not on that list. Yeah, great. Great stuff, guys. You know? Over here working my butt off. No big deal. It is what it is. One of my, one of my, uh, one of the guys that I started comedy, we, we started around the same time at Mizzou. I saw his name in the Comedy Central up-and-coming list. Uh, some of their online social media. Uh, so that was... Uh, that was fun to see. Um, but yeah, I was watching Saturday Night Live from this past weekend. There was one sketch that I thought was hilarious. Speaking of the whole Netflix thing, uh, they made a, a, a Netflix sketch about how there's too many options, like infinite options, basically. So you guys go back and watch that. Very humorous. I found myself giggling quite a bit. Uh, I found one other sketch funny that I saw. It was the the war letter writing sketch, right, where the, the soldier, Mikey Day, I think, was the star of it, and he was writing, uh, he was writing home to his wife, and, um, you know, he'd write this long love letter or whatever, and, and she would respond back very, very quickly. Uh, very humorous sketch. You'll have to see, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to explain the humor to you guys. Just go watch those two fucking sketches, you sons of, ah, I love you, I love you. Um... Yeah, so I, I think that that's pretty much that. You guys been staying up on SNL? Huh? Hey, guy. Hey. Tell my girlfriend this weekend. Hey, why don't we why don't we get up really early and try to get some standby tickets? You know, we'll wait in line outside SNL Studios the way they do it the day of the you know Saturday morning to get there before 7 a.m. You get in line, get your name on a list, and she's like, Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, let's let's try to do that and uh, both of us slept in until three in the afternoon So we definitely did not make that but I would have liked to have. I would have liked to have Maybe in the future once again. I did it once cool. Awesome. You guys don't care. Golly. Hey What's the next news update that I think is relevant? I'm always talking about Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande, so I, I may as well. It seems like they're being more cordial now. Last last time, I think I made fun of them for like hating at each other, and I think they're finally like maturing. They're maturing in a, in the matter of a week because I said that they needed to on my podcast, and they heard me, and they were like, you know what? I'm going to be more mature. I'm going to treat the other person with respect. I've seen that publicly, Pete Davidson. Uh, said some nice things, if I'm not mistaken, and vice versa. Uh, 
I'm sure she's going through a hard time. I think people were blaming her for Mac Miller's death, and that 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 must be a hard pill to swallow, you know. Whether or not that's true, that's a hard one to have on your shoulders, you know. Nobody really knows their relationships except them, and it's really their own business if you think about it. Uh, Pete Davidson said, for all the haters that are out there, um, he just wants to let them know that he will not commit suicide. So that's awesome. I mean, geez. You get to the point where people are like saying things like they want you to commit suicide. Like, what? That's that's crazy. That's uh, got to have some thick skin, I guess, if you want to be famous, right? <laughs> right, my Goldroid? Um... Yeah, last thing I'll say is uh, we did watch some football this weekend. That was the one thing that my girlfriend and I accomplished this weekend is we did watch the SEC championship game between Alabama, the Roll Tide, and the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, and uh, it's probably the worst I've seen Alabama play this year. You know, they're obviously still ranked number one. I think they were undefeated going. Yeah, they were undefeated going into the game, eleven and one. Or 11 and 0, and I think uh, Georgia lost one game going into it, right? So Georgia won the SEC championship last year against Oklahoma. And uh, ironically, there was a dude, uh, the quarterback, I can't even freaking remember his name, by Zeus. I could always look it up on Twitter because I tweeted about it, and I always do my research when I tweet, right? And I do a Google search. I do a quick Google search. Jalen Hurts is his name. He was the starting quarterback last year, and when Things weren't going well in the SEC championship game. They pulled him and they put in another dude, like Tao, T-A-O or something. Some long some long name uh, abbreviated to three letters that starts with a T. Anyway, they put him in and then he ended up starting this year. So Jalen, they pulled Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had to sit on the bench for the entire year uh, because he had one game where they weren't winning by 3,000 points. Uh, and he lost his starting job over it, and he did not leave Alabama. He wanted to leave. This is the story of Jalen Hurts that he wanted to leave, and I think one guy was hired just to try and keep him around and try to still help nurture his growth and all these things. And uh, Ironically, in this game, Tao gets hurt, and Jalen Hurts goes back in the game exactly one year later. Uh, very ironic. Jalen Hurts came back and won the game. For the, for the Alabama Roll Tide. And Nick Saban, for the son of Zeus, gets up there and says, I am so proud of this. It's Jalen Hurts. I don't know if that's the, if I If my girlfriend heard me doing that accent right now, that Nick Saban voice, she'd be like, that does not sound like him at all. She's very protective, and I like that. I like that she's protective of her own. Because I mean she's protective of me. Not when it's just her and I, but when there's other people around, I guess that's all that matters, right? Anyway, uh, so Alabama did actually come away with the victory, and that's that's exciting. It's very exciting. So they'll be going to the playoffs. Uh, Where are they playing? Oklahoma. And then if they beat Oklahoma, then they go to the national championship, which I think is kind of ironic because um, it makes it's harder. Like they're undefeated back in the old days. They would just go straight to the national championship back when they had the, the whole BCS thing. I don't know. Sometimes it makes it more fair. Sometimes it doesn't. Nevertheless. Missouri, M Mizzou got the bowl. Uh, like they, they chose the bowl. Missouri is going to the Liberty Bowl. We're playing OSU. Um, so Oklahoma State, uh, not the, not the uh, Oregon State Beavers, who we played in the 2006 Sun Bowl when I was there, but the OSU. I believe it's the Cowboys. Oklahoma State. Not Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. The Liberty Bowl. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Not? No. Uh, I've heard of better bowls, but you know what? I am proud of the Tigers for coming back. Uh, I think we're 8-4, and four, and uh, hopefully we can uh, end the season 9-4. and four. Hopefully we can kick the Cowboys' butt. Eh? We can kick the, the Jerry Jones knows that uh, Dallas Cowboys' butt. Uh... So today is the 68th episode of the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast, as you guys can tell. And the number 68 is very special to me, right? We're talking about football, so I think it's the appropriate time to 
remind you guys of someone that I've talked about before, but Terry Steve, my favorite head football coach of all time. That's it. That's a specific distinction. Uh, I like Coach Pinkle a lot as well. Uh, and he's up there. In fact, I like all of my head football coaches I've learned a lot from. I have each of them to thank for different lessons, whether they instilled them directly or, or indirectly, whether they were trying to help or not. I learned a lot all the way back to when I was eight years old and I started playing football for the West County Spartans. Right? I remember my, uh, my head football coach's name at that time, uh, Jimmy Porter, James Porter, first head football coach of all time. And I recently tried to reconnect with his son on Facebook. I, I looked him up and I saw that, uh, that he's on Facebook and he has not accepted my request. It's been about 30 years, it feels like. Well, what, 20, 25 years? I don't think, I think when, I don't know if he's on Facebook or what. He, I looked him, he does MMA fighting. Tough kid, you know, so he was the coach's son. His, his name was Jimmy Porter too, right? I guess Jimmy Porter Jr. And uh, I guess what, I don't know what made me think of it. But I was happy that I could find him on Facebook. And I recently, for, for Cyber Monday, I, I bought a, a Spartan helmet, right? Remember when I said I was in Spain, I saw, all, I saw a lot of cool stuff. Well, guess what? I found a great deal on Cyber Monday, and I bought a life-size. If I want to LARP, I can do it, right? It's, a, it's an actual Spartan helmet from the movie 300. Not just any Spartan helmet, but the King's helmet, King Leonidas which at one point I was thinking about changing my name to a, like a stage name. My name is Michael Lee Oldroyd. I was thinking about changing my name for a stage name, Michael Leonidas. Uh, I feel like that would be the most badass. I think Michael Leonidas is a, is a badass name. You know, uh, the name Michael in some ways represents love. And we, when you throw in Leonidas, king, right? King of the Spartans, tough. You mix those two. You have the gladiator of love. And by God, that's sexy. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I am excited. My girlfriend hates that I got this helmet. She wants, she, every time, every time I bring it up or she sees it, she, she screams at me and tells me that I need to return the helmet. I'm like, look, we're not married. We don't. Yeah, we're, we're roommates and stuff, and we are in a committed relationship. Uh, look, you don't get to dictate how I spend my money. If I want a freaking Spartan helmet, I'll get a fucking Spartan helmet. All right? No, she's she's wonderful. She she hates the helmet, though, for real. Uh, she does want me to return it. And I like to mess with her every time she brings it up. I'm like, look, just relax. I, I the shield, the spear, and the sword are on their way in the mail. I'm just waiting. Uh, relax. I'm not going to return the helmet. I'm just waiting for the shield, spear, and sword. I got a great deal on Cyber Monday. It was only like several hundred dollars. It's about a thousand dollars for the outfit, babe. You know. I'm just waiting for the the leather loincloth and the leather sandals as well. And, and the red cape. Once we've got that, I've got the entire outfit. Even though she would want me to return, I know it would turn her on if I put that thing on. I'm a little out of shape, so the abs, I, I don't look like a Spartan soldier, soldier at the moment, but I can tell you what, the heartbeats of a Spartan soldier. All right, the heartbeats. So we were talking about favorite coaches in the football. I don't know how I got sidetracked. Um, I'm waiting for my. I'm waiting for Jimmy Porter to accept my freaking friend request already. I had. I, I sent him a picture of my helmet, my Spartan helmet, and said, "Just in case you don't remember, we played football for the West County Spartans when we were eight years old together. Tackle football, tough. I remember. I'm telling you, I'm not even kidding, guys. I was introduced to a very physical and tough sport at the age of eight years old. That's the same age that Spartan children go off." They learn to battle and learn to fight and to scrap. I'm gonna tell you something. Going and playing for the Spartans made me one tough mother. Funny guy, you know? And uh, I'm thankful for every second of it. So, 
had a couple different coaches over the years. Doug Robidoux, Mr. Robidoux, Coach Robidoux in sixth grade from from Summit. He was he was great. We went undefeated. I think we might have lost the last game of the year. Uh, we had him. Oh, Jimmy Porter. When I my when we had the banquet when I had to move to Missouri. This was before. This is a, you know my last season before moving to Missouri. I got to toot my own horn for a second. I don't think I've ever told you guys this story because I never thought about it until I was home for Thanksgiving. Somehow the topic came up. That's how it came up. Like, I was talking to my dad and mom about the Spartans, and Jimmy Porter came up in conversation. I started looking him up on Facebook, and they were like, oh, that's him. I was going to see if his dad was on Facebook. I wanted to add him on Facebook, our, our coach. He was, he was a coach that once told uh, us that he missed football, and he loved it so much that he would give his left nut to be able to go back and, and play and just to suit up one more time. He said, if I could if I could just suit up one more time, I would give my left nut. My right one's plenty strong, though, but I'd give my left nut. So I, that was the one thing I remember about Jimmy Porter, Coach Porter, right? And uh, I remember uh, at our banquet, we had, a banquet. We, had, we had cheerleaders, guys. This thing was, we had tryouts, we had cheerleaders, we had weight classes. And it was basically like the Little Giants. It was it was like intense, like that movie, The Little Giants. And uh, I remember, I will never forget this. Actually, they kind of say like the way that they announced the kids and they brought up them to to receive their trophies. They would talk a little bit about each kid, and you know, as as they rattle off the names, we noticed that the the, the group of people that hadn't had their names called yet, the, the players that hadn't had their names yet were like some of the star players on the team. I never considered myself in any way like uh, the best player on the team at that time. I knew I, I'm, you know, they, Coach Porter did allow me to start catching the ball. He knew that was my dream was to, to play wide receiver. So they did start throwing me the ball in my, my second year on the team, which my, was my last year there. There we did, you know, they did throw me some, some touchdowns, right? Um, but I never in any way considered myself at that time the best player on the team, and I still don't. And, and I don't think they would either, but what they did say is, is the group of people were getting smaller and smaller. I was like, why haven't they called my name yet? I'm like, why are they? Why haven't they called my name to announce me? Like, I'm not, I'm not that good <laughs> yet was my, you know, I knew I would work hard to become as, as good as I could, but all of a sudden there's three of us left and we're looking at each other and you know like naturally we're like i wonder who he's going to call next this is kind of weird and i i started to feel a little uncomfortable i'm like why haven't they called my name yet and uh i, I think i might start crying when i tell this uh, this is crazy that this brings back memories from when i was nine years old and it still has feelings but they actually called my name last coach porter was the one who was making the announcement when he started talking about me he actually uh he started crying and he couldn't, he couldn't talk. He, he actually started bawling. And I think the message that he tried to deliver was, uh, he basically said that, uh, you know, that I, that I have a, he, he conveyed through his actions and his words. I'm not going to make this all dramatic and sappy. I'll just be objective about it. Uh, but basically he, he, I think what, what, what brought tears to to him was, he was articulating how much I loved the game of football um, and uh, that I wasn't a quitter and that I, that I had heart. Um, so I'll never forget how special that was for me. You know, it was one of those things where I think it was the last time I ever saw him actually. And, you know, he, uh, I guess I was in disbelief that it was that recognizable, right? Like to actually be appreciated for it and, and to be recognized was um, was very special. And that's true. I think you guys know how much I love football or you have an idea. I talk about it all the time, uh, which takes us later. Let's fast forward a few years. I talked about Coach Robidoux, who's our head football coach. Then we had Coach Terry Steve. Coach Terry Steve is my favorite head football coach of all time. Number 68. He was number 68 in college, in the NFL, when he played for the St. Louis Cardinals and for the New Orleans Saints. And he taught us about the love of the game. He said, he goes, at every level that you guys go from this point forward, it's going to get, the stakes are going to get higher. It's going to be 
winning is going to, there's going to be a bigger stress on winning. It's going to be more and more about money. Um, he goes, but don't ever forget why you're playing the game. You play, the reason to play the game is because you love it. And we did love it. Right. And I always looked up to him. I always saw greatness in him. You know, I'd go over to Jeff Steve. I talked about Jeff Steve with my buddy, Scott Ludhauser. If you guys listen to the episode, I think it was 47 or 49 episode 47 or 49. And, um, you know, I go, I would go over to Jeff Steve's house and we'd see his, you know, the trophies that his dad had, you know, all these amazing trophies and jerseys and he'd tell us stories and, you know, just coach Steve was a beast. You know, he was humble. He played for the love of the game, but he wasn't, he wasn't a fucking pussy. I can tell you that much. He was a, he was a grown ass man. He was, uh, he was, he was, a a tough motherfucker. I don't know. Uh, how to say it. Uh, I remember Scott telling me he saw a picture of him once. and You know, Coach Steve had like, he was squatting in this picture back in the day. And I think he had like four plates on each side, which is 405, right? That's the amount of weight because the bar is 45 pounds. Each plate is 45 pounds. So that's eight total plates plus the 45, which is 405. It's a standard weight. And supposedly he was just repping. He was like repping it, like 20 reps, doing sets of 20 squats with that weight. The most I've ever done with that weight is five reps in a row. Uh, and this guy was, was just casually doing reps of 20 with four or five on the bar. Um, it's pretty amazing stuff. I think the, and I, I, I had other coaches too. I had coach Shelton as our head coach in high school before him freshman year was, uh, um, well, coach Shelton was the, the head coach of our, our, of our whole program. Right. Um, we had Coach Peckron as our freshman coach, and then obviously Coach Pinkle in college. And all of them, like I said, I, I've learned a lot on uh, a lot from. And each one has had their own unique. You know, Coach Shelton taught me just flat out physical. He he made me very physically and mentally tough. I, I felt like I was already physically physically and mentally tough, but also instilled more uh, respect for authority. I feel like, uh, yeah, uh, respect for authority out of fear in some ways, which is not good. I, I, I'm not a fan of fear. That was the difference between. But you know what? There, there was a lot to be learned from that. Coach Shelton's still successful. Or I, he, uh, he moved on to Kirkwood, and they actually won the state championship last year for the big schools in Missouri. So he's doing something right. I just hope he's not using too much fear. Uh, in his coaching style, hopefully a little bit of love mixed in there, and nothing wrong with discipline, but I think too much fear is, is obviously going the, down the path of the dark side, right? Anakin Skywalker. So, you know, Terry Steve was was all about the love of the game, and we respected him so much we didn't want to let him down. That's what made him great, in my opinion. Um, he didn't need to command our respect; he had it. There, you know, we didn't want to let him down. There's a difference between being afraid of the consequences of your leader uh, versus Leonidas. Coach Coach Terry Steve was like the Leonidas uh, of players, right? He he had led. He had been in battle firsthand before. He had been. He had done it firsthand, and we didn't want to let him down the way the Spartans didn't want to let down Leonidas. Uh, you know, some, some coaching styles based on fear are more like, you know, you go do this or there will be consequences, right? The lash versus the spear. You know, the Persian the Persian god or the Persian leader, um, you know, ruled by the lash. He ruled by fear. Leonidas ruled by love, right? So it's another reason that I've got the, uh, the Spartan helmet there. But... Uh, Went to dinner with uh, with Terry Steve several years ago, um, number sixty eight hashtag sixty eight, and um, he told me a couple things. Um, you know, I, I was the uh, I'm tooting my own horn a little bit today, and I apologize. We're talking about football. We're talking about Coach Steve, so I just wanted to. I'm getting some of these facts out, and I think it'll help share some perspective with you guys that you may not know about me, in knowing that I, I wasn't some chump. And, 
Coach Steve pointed out a, a fact that, you know, we, we had our team captains were, were chosen by the team, right? There was actually a, a ballot that was put out. Everybody on the team voted, and you could vote for anybody. And it's the, the only time I've ever had that when I played football. Usually team captains were chosen by the coaches, right? But to actually have the team choose the captain, the only time I ever had that was in seventh and eighth grade when Coach Steve was our coach. And I was the only player that was chosen by by our team two years in a row, right? Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know I know I was. I there may I know. Anyway, what Coach Steve said is that's the highest honor that you could ever receive, right? That's the highest honor that you can ever receive in the game of football. And um, he always told me that there's greatness in me. He told my dad that. He said there's greatness in, in old droid, you know. And he took me to dinner once, and I'll never forget the last thing he said to me. Uh, he said, old droid, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of cowboys or whatever. They got a lot of... They got a lot of hat and no cattle, you know, meaning uh, a lot of people talk the talk, but they can't necessarily walk the walk. A lot of people may be able to buy the fancy glitz to make them appear to be successful. They, they can purchase a fancy hat, but they didn't necessarily earn it. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, a great leader to me, it's not about how fancy the hat is. It's about the cattle, right? Not to compare the people you lead to cattle by any means it's a it's a metaphor you know it's but what makes the the leader legit is his following right and uh coach steve said old droid you've got a hell of a lot of cattle and the last thing he told me when he hugged me was don't ever lose your fucking cattle which to me you know i mean don't ever stop being legit from the inside first, rather than trying to create the perception of it. Always let that, whatever the greatness is that exists or that you gotta scrape for and find, let that shine from within um, and don't ever lose that. Don't ever sell out, don't ever fucking, you know, you know, put anything uh, above that. So Terry Steve will, will always be my favorite coach. Number 68, through and through. You know, one of the one of the best football players who's ever played the game, in my opinion, played next to Dan Deerdorf. Uh, he's from Baraboo, Wisconsin. He's got a great, you know, Jeff Steve's one of my favorite people. We obviously talked about him jokingly and, you know, in fun ways. Jeff said he loved it. He, he listened to every minute of the podcast what we were talking about. He said he loved every minute of it. So shout out to Jeff for being awesome. Uh, just a great kid. Still looking like Braveheart with his long hair, which is appropriate, you know, since his dad's kind of like Leonidas. So, anyway, that's my tribute to, to Terry Steve on episode 68. Uh, I'm going to close out the show by talking a little bit about the, the, the latest in the world of comedy. Uh, and then just uh, what's going on on my end and with the holidays and Christmas and all the stuff. So, if you guys are bored, this is probably a good stopping point. Not bored, but... I, I, as far as like meaning goes, you know, the rest of the stuff is, uh, I just, I just hit on some deep stuff, you know, about my love for football, what it means, what a lot of it means, you know, it's layered too. And there, there's a lot behind it. So I, I, I expose it in glimpses, but uh, my, my love for, for, for the game of football, I believe is pure light. You know, there, there are seven types of love. I think that people have identified one of them is an activity. Uh, and for me, football, obviously comedy, right? Doing comedy, making people laugh, but playing football. I, I love running a lot. I love running a lot. When I was running track, I still do. I still appreciate that very much. Uh, but there's something about, you know, my dream of playing in the NFL was just so, just so intense, you know? It was just such a burning passion, a desire. When you, when you watch these videos of these motivational speakers there's that one guy who talks about that if you want to be successful you have to want to be successful more than you want to breathe or as bad as you want to breathe and I, I did feel that at one point I remember getting out of bed in high school before my feet touched the ground at like 6 a.m. I would get up early to go lift weights before school started and uh, the first thing I before my foot hit the ground I would reach down and grab gravity boots 
and I would get up and be walking around the house in gravity boots, which is where your calves are. All the, all the weight is on your calves. Um, and I'd be making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in gravity boots before I, it was like my pre, pre thing before I actually went and worked out. So, you know, the, the level of dedication was, was infinite. Um, and, um, yeah, so let's get into some comedy stuff since that's very exciting. So, yeah, um, what do we got going, uh, got some shows coming up this week. So th- tonight I, I had my show at, uh, UCB Hell's Kitchen. I, I, I was in an, I was in an advanced study improv class with, uh, John Timothy Williams, um, I think he's a great teacher. Um, you know, he's got a he performs regularly every Saturday uh, at UCB. Uh, he's on a team there, and a uh, very funny guy. So it was the second time I got to have him as a teacher, and uh, we had our, our class show tonight. So that was pretty fun. Advanced study, improv, uh, UCB. Anytime you get to perform on the on the main stage there uh, in UCB's Hell, uh, Hell's Kitchen Theater, always fun, right? Always fun. Uh, Lauren Michaels was there watching us, not, you know, uh, just a class show, guys. You know, just a class show, no big deal. But definitely fun, definitely good stuff, learning, getting better, right, continuing to, to move forward. And, you know, I'd say I'm on, I'm a, I'm on a, some sort of a track with my improv study, and, and, and the improv is a thing that I do. I mean, obviously you guys know that stand-up's uh, number one, but the improv and the acting and even the writing stuff is – Stuff that I'm trying to continue to hone. You know, I, I don't want to just be one-dimensional, but I don't want to. I don't want to spread myself too thin. You know, I definitely have my main thing that I lead with, which is stand-up. But I, but I'm trying to kind of chip away at uh, gaining the skills in those other areas that I think will, for the long term, you know, be be a, a very valuable, very valuable traits to have. Uh, under my belt for, for the long term, right? I think uh, just being a stand-up comedian, uh, not having the acting piece or ability to do other stuff, I do think that that is a little one-dimensional. If I had to choose one, I'd obviously choose stand-up. There's there's no more of a raw form that I enjoy than the live performance of being solo on stage and create, creating laughter. I think there's something really beautiful about that, um, you know, that... that I'm not sure the other one's upstage for me, you know, no pun intended, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that was fun, uh, tonight being able to do that. And then tomorrow, uh, I got my audition with the comic strip. This is going to be the third time I've auditioned for the comic strip. Can you guys believe that? I mean, Hey, third time's a charm, right? Number three that was my number in high school. Number three, AKA the droid. Uh, so we'll see if we can, uh, tear it up. I, I feel pretty good about the auditions in the past. Did, I, I felt like I did as good as I could do each time, got a little bit of constructive feedback. I even reread my notes from last time around and, uh, and I remember exactly what, you know, what he told me. So we'll see if I can uh, move up a notch. You know, it's been a little over a year since I last auditioned there and uh, I, I feel like a much better comedian and, you know, I feel confident with my set list. So I'm sure it'll shine through that I'm better, and we'll we'll see where the chips fall, guys. You know what I mean? We'll see where the chips fall. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm doing my normal weekly show at the New York Moore Hostel in Brooklyn. Been having a lot of fun. Last Wednesday was a lot of fun with that. Um, made some flyers, you know? Made some flyers on Canva. You guys jealous? I know how to use Canva. My girlfriend... Uh, He's tired of making flyers for me, so she referred me to Canva. All right, uh, Thursday night, I'm very excited because the, there's a resident appreciation dinner here at 70 Pine, and they've hired me uh, and booked me to to do comedy for the for the residents here. They get this holiday market all week, like every day, from the normal business hours, nine to five or whatever. Like in the lobby area, they've got a bunch of vendors down there selling stuff and creating awareness for their business or their program, you know, like the chess club of New York, you know, or whatever, um, like some pastry place, you know, like all these random 
hodgepodge things that you would see in any market uh, of uh, a hodgepodge of vendors. And uh, we're going to close it all out Thursday night by letting me do some comedy for the residents here. Uh, very excited. They booked me for like 30 minutes, so that'll be pretty freaking dank. You know, I'll keep it clean. PG-13. Auditions tomorrow is clean. You know, it's a nice segue into that. So, you know, just trying to just trying to do, you know, create awareness, pass out business cards, whatever. No big deal. You know what I mean? Awesome. So if you guys want to come to any of those shows, please hit thine self up. And I'm sure I'll be picking up random spots over the next couple days and over the weekend at LOL um, in Times Square. And continuing to get out there, guys. You know what I mean? I uh, Last week, I, I went, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I forgot to mention this, but I'm also, I started my sketch class, Sketch 301 uh, at UCB, so I've been writing for that, just drawing from my stand-up because I'm lazy. Now, it was, uh, had our first class last Friday, that's pretty cool, uh, doing it during the day this time since uh, I'm spending all my time on comedy and I don't have a day job, um, so that was cool. I'm enjoying Sketch 301. Uh, the concepts are starting to make sense, you know? I don't feel like a complete fish out of water, no pun intended. That's for the improv sketch nerds out there. That's a um, second city term. Anyway, I got invited to audition. You know, I've been sending out stuff on backstage, you know, hearing back from on a couple things here and there. I got invited last week to audition, or sorry, to actually just get the part, right? I sent in my film, and they were like, look, if you're free tomorrow... We'd like to have you come out and do this commercial with us, right? Which is a little interesting, you know. They hit me up the day before and offered me the part. I did an audition, which I thought was a little weird, but it's for a company called Cabner, C-A-B-N-E-R, or Cabnerd, one of the two. It's like a competitor. It's an emerging supposed competitor of Lyft and Uber, you know, a ride-sharing app where the drivers get 100% of the pay rather than a, a portion of it. Right, I'm giving them free advertising right now without being mean. Um, and yeah, they wanted me to they wanted me to do this commercial. And you know, I got a phone call from the studio. He's like, "Look, if you're free tomorrow, if you want the part, let us know." Um, I texted him at 12:30 at night because I I didn't have a chance to text sooner. And he's he's like, "We found someone as a backup, but if you want it, the role is still yours." And I was like, "Well." I am interested. I'm not stringing you along. I hate when people do that. I, just, I apologize for taking so long to get back to him, you know, uh, and thanked him for the opportunity. I was like, well, where is it, right? Give me the address. Let me just see if it's feasible because it was going to start at 9 in the morning. It's 1230 at night, right? I don't even know why the dude was still up if they were getting up early. Maybe I just need too much sleep and I'm, a, I'm an anomaly. But nevertheless, he, he sent me the address, and, and it was in the same neighborhood that my girlfriend said the one place you should never go it's called brownsville right apparently there's more murders there than any other per capita in new york brooklyn any of these places the cops told my girlfriend this when she got robbed she wasn't in brownsville she was in another bad area but the cops said it's good you didn't end up in brownsville because there's always murders there and uh I told the dude when i found that out like i was like hey my girlfriend was really excited about the opportunity she's like you should do it I was like, okay, well, well, what? Are there any bad areas that I should be concerned of? She's like, as long as it's not in Brownsville, right? So I look it up, and of course it's in Brownsville. Thanks. Uh, so I, I let the dude know, no thanks, and he understood. Uh, I, I was like, I heard not to go to Brownsville, right? I wasn't trying to be rude or whatever, but next day my girlfriend and I are watching the TV, and of course there's some dude on New York One from Brownsville that was either escaped from prison or committed murder that day or, or was accused of it. I don't know, but I'm glad I stayed away from Brownsville. So that's that story. I am trying to get out there. Like I said, I might do uh, you know, as you guys remember, I did the sketch of New York. It's like a sketch comedy show off, off Broadway. And uh, I might, I might get involved in the, they have a, an alumni show. So I might do that just to kind of dust off the old chops in the live acting world um, this winter. Um, yeah, I reached out to them today because I, I, I ran into the producers of that show recently, and they said they have another 
alumni show coming up. So I haven't done the alumni show before and thought it'd be pretty cool. Um, what else did I do? I audited an, an acting class last week. I know that you guys probably don't care about all this stuff, but anybody that maybe some of you do, I don't know. I mean, this is the structure of the show. So forgive me if I'm talking too much, maybe I should do some noises and stuff to kind of keep some, you know, some noises just to kind of some R2D2 noises just to keep it interesting. Just to kind of keep it interesting. Anyway, I audited an acting class last week uh, at the New York Film Academy. I went in, it was a film acting class. Uh, and uh, it was cool, the, the kids were really nice. You know, they were a lot younger than me, uh, but they were all genuine. You know, you could tell they all, and when they found out that I did stand up, like none of them were like really cocky or like whatever, like they were all um, very curious and interested to learn about stand up. And you know, we got to watch a, uh, they filmed the scene, you know, and I, I learned I learned a lot just by, by sitting in on that class, and that's that's really my style, guys. I like to to just audit classes because then you get to go to them to for for free, and you get to audit a bunch of classes and learn everything for free. You know, just go to a bunch of different schools and audit it. You know, the teachers always appreciate that. No, but the teacher was really nice, and uh, it was it was worthwhile. I'm not going to teach you the tricks. No, uh, it's too it's too much to 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 explain, but what I will say is after having been on a couple movie sets, you know, like the amazing Spider-Man when I was an extra there, the Kevin Costner thing, like you can really, like when they were explaining some of the things, it made sense in retrospect when I thought back to when I was watching them film the amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield and, and Emma Stone, like some of the, the, the types of angles of the cameras that they were talking about and the, the different shots that they wanted to get. So that was actually really cool to kind of learn retrospectively like that. Um, my mom was talking to me when I was home about, about acting. She's like, you should look into the school where Bradley Cooper went. So I think it's the, the New York Actors Studio. You know, the, um, Inside the Actors Studio, I think, is uh, that show with that guy that Will Ferrell used to make fun of on SNL. But I think that's the Actors Studio. Did Robert in here? I don't know, but Juilliard is another good one. Good. That would cost a lot of money, but that's uh, that's where Christopher Reeves went, Robin Williams, Adam Driver, you know, Kylo Ren. Um, but yeah, got some new headshots recently. I tell you guys about that. So got to pick those out. You know, I think got a couple good pictures in there. It should be good, right? Hey guys, you know, just trying to do the do the right things. You know, just show up. You know, I mean, put put one foot in front of the other. You know, the other foot forward, and then the other one. You're like, which one now? Uh, showing up is half the battle, guys. That's one of the lessons I learned in college. It was a great lesson. I paid several thousand dollars to hear a professor say, "Showing up is uh, it's going to take you real far in life. That's the first step. That's that's half the battle." I don't know why I did that voice. He did not sound like that at all. Um, I went out for another thing last week, uh, you know, through backstage, I found this Bumble thing, right? The, the, the app Bumble was looking for people that were willing to get a haircut on camera and they were going to be used as models for their, for their advertising, I guess. Right. So, I mean, I figured I was free. I'd go, if I could get a free haircut from the thing and be a, you know, get a little, whether it's acting or modeling, uh, experience with them. I mean, fuck it. Right. Like why not, why not get a free haircut guys from, a, from a salon or whatever I show up. And, uh, as I was waiting there, we were all kind of like waiting in a theater, you know, it looked like a, a college classroom speaking of that. And, uh, you know, of course, every time I see a, a crowd of people, I get a boner and I asked the people at the front desk, I was like, Hey, do you care if I just go up in front of the everybody and just start doing stand-up real quick and they were like absolutely not go go right ahead they were like that sounds awesome so i went up uh, to the front of the room with a bunch of strangers waiting to go into their bumble uh interviews their hair interviews and you know i just kind of messed with everybody i just walked nobody knew who i was right so i just walked to the front of the room and i was like hey guys you ready to get started for the bumble thing and uh, obviously, I, I let them know right away I was kidding, and I did not work for Bumble at all. In fact, I was there for the same reasons they were. Uh, and then I, I asked them if they minded whether or not I did a couple minutes of stand-up. I said, 
I don't want to hold hold you guys hostage here. So if, if anybody doesn't want to hear me, go ahead, go ahead and yell out or raise your hand. And nobody nobody was against it. You know, in fact, a couple of people started cheering and saying, "Go for it, man!" So that was fun. Got some laughs. You know, got some laughs off a off a cold room like that. You know, met a couple of nice people afterwards. It was a good conversation starter. Handed out some business cards. One person was like, I see you hustle on the streets. I see you. Um, when I went into the, when I finally went with my term to go into the interview, some dude, you know, brought me back to the, the room where they were doing the interviews, right? And, you know, he's like, uh, what did he say? I didn't even, I forgot why I was even there at the time. I knew something about Bumble, right? And he's like, so what type of haircut are you uh, looking to get? You know, you could tell it was like one of these like fancy stylists you know i was like oh yeah just whatever's you know a little bit off the sides and you know keep keep it looking tussled on top i don't know you know maybe a maybe a faux hawk i don't know you know it's like mm. and would you be interested in coming in and sitting in on a uh, instruction uh seminar and i was like well i'm not interested in getting my hair i'm not interested in learning how to cut hair and he goes no i mean it's a model I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. I, I could, I'm open to that, right? And that was that was the extent of our interview, guys. So, and I haven't heard back from them. So, maybe I didn't make the cut, or maybe they just haven't done callbacks yet. Either way, all I want is a free haircut. Can I get that? I mean, come on. I thought I thought when I went up there that day, I was gonna get a free haircut. I, what a bait and switch thing, yeah. Anyway, talked about the. Uh, let's move on. We're almost done here, guys. Uh, I talked about how I got the Spartan helmet and how my girlfriend hates it. What else? Uh, we had a good week last week. We had no crazy ups and downs. Um, you know, it was pretty chill. She's sleeping right now. I'm going to go back and cuddle her. It's actually in the middle of the night right now. It's 5 a.m. right now. I know that sounds crazy, but I did want to knock out this podcast. Uh, I had a couple. I wanted to get these things off my chest, so. I started at like 3.30 in the morning. If it's 5 now, it just means I started at 4 in the morning. Um, last weekend, we literally slept all weekend. We had the weekend to ourselves. We were going to go out and do all the stuff. Christmas shopping, go grab a Christmas tree. Uh, we ended up sleeping all weekend. You know, you can actually sleep your life away. <laughs> the more you sleep, the more tired you get. It was crazy. We just kept sleeping and getting more tired. And uh, But it was fun. It was fun. We like hibernated, I guess you could say. Going into hibernation. Um, the one thing we did was uh, we went outside for a little bit. We stopped by TJ Maxx and we got these Santa outfits, right? We got these Santa pajamas, these matching Santa pajamas. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest. We look pretty cute in them, okay? I don't know if you guys are doing SantaCon this upcoming year. I did SantaCon last year and dressed as an elf. Uh, thinking about doing it this year with my buddy Brian Patrick Kelly. It's coming up on Saturday, and I have I have options is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be cocky, but I could either be a Santa or an elf this year because I got both costumes, all right? I know I'm awesome. Thank you. I know I'm awesome for having two options is what I should say. Um, speaking of that, I'm staying in – what are you guys doing for Christmas this year? Uh, my girlfriend and I and I are both staying in New York. I want to see that Harry Potter on Broadway thing at some point. And we're not, you know, should we go to the mountains? I I think it'd be cool to like go to the mountains and have a Christmas like in the in the in a, in like a cabin or like in the woods, you know, just like a nice fire, maybe some flicks, you know, some movie. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like that would be. Kind of a cool thing. Maybe even go snowboarding. She's a skier. I'm a snowboarder. You know, something where you don't you don't need to rack up a huge tab, but you know, you still get the the benefit of uh, the wilderness and hopefully snow. It would be stupid if it didn't snow. What if it was sunny? Like we went to the mountains. And it was freaking sunny. You know, what kind of crap would that be? You know what I mean? Bears coming around trying to eat the trash when. We're stuck into the cabin. I don't know. What if things went bad? I don't know. That'd be that would suck. That would suck if you got eaten by a bear on Christ Mass. Um I was looking up this one place in the woods. There's like these it's like small trailer things with like these giant windows and it's like right in the middle of the woods and 
the pictures make it look so awesome the website does but at the same time it's also kind of scary you know like what if some what if some dude just like came up with a shotgun and just like like blew out the window and like i don't know like it seems like there is the potential to have some weird thing from a scary movie that it's like on trailer like i noticed that there's wheels on like the they rent out like these one room things and it, on the inside it's very nice and the location is very nice and it doesn't look ugly but it is like on a trailer it is on wheels so like what if you're like sleeping on christmas and like some dude just like hooks your <laughs> hooks your your room up to like the back of his truck and just starts driving away and you're like well, you can't do anything you know and like takes you to some crazy crazy place like the North Pole, you know what I mean? He's like hooks it up to his reindeer, and you're like, dude, where are we going, bro? Like, what in the heaven? Why, why are we flying now? Why are we flying behind your sled? I did watch uh, that Christmas movie on Netflix that came out with the Kurt. Is it Kurt Russell? It was uh, the Chronicles of something. Kids movie, you know. Of course I. You know, of course I still believe in Santa, you know. I've got the Believometer, huh? Maxed out, guys. Um, I tried watching that movie this weekend with my girlfriend. Of course, she was sleeping. That's the one. That is one thing that I did. I, I was wearing my Santa outfit watching that movie, while my girlfriend slept in her Santa outfit. And uh, the last thing I'll say is, it's funny because I don't know if you guys remember this, but I made a podcast episode a year ago on Christmas, uh, and. Um, I talked about a lot of different things. I stayed in New York. I was here by myself. And one of the things I wished was, you know, to, to at some point in the future, meet, meet a girl that I'd, you know, that would be the right one for me. And I'll, you know, I'm listening off all these things or whatever. And I went back and listened to that just for fun, just to kind of like compare and contrast. It's like, I wonder if I said anything that like, like rules out my girlfriend now, you know what I mean? Like, is she still in the running? Like, like this is my former version of myself. Does, does, you know, Jessica match up with, with some of these things. And yeah, I told her about this and I was like, Jessica, listen, isn't this cute? Like I'm, a year ago, my Christmas wish was, uh, you know, was to, to someday meet, you know, the girl I'd end up with, uh, and, and you know, and hear some of the things that I talked about. And, hey, it made me think of you listen to this. And, and Jessica, you know, fell asleep. Right. I was like, Jessica, do you want to listen to this? She's like, no. And then she fell asleep. <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't say no, but she did fall asleep. She was half asleep when I told her and then uh, told me to turn it off because it was waking her up, you know. <laughs> so that's where the cookie crumbles. And that's how the cookie crumbles, as Santa would say, and uh, Bruce Almighty. Well, guys, uh, we've been at it for exactly 78 minutes. Oh, wow. It's actually 68 minutes. Oh my goodness, that's perfect, right? 68 for the number 68, Terry Steve, episode 68. I better call this thing a night before uh, before I go over. So you guys have been awesome. Enjoy, continue to enjoy the, the holiday season, and Lord bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?